Good morning. I would like to thank everyone who was involved with the carnival last night. That was a that was a woohoo. Uh, I, I heard more than one family go. You know, we thought we were going to come here and spend a half an hour, maybe. You know, and two and a half, three hours later, they're going, "Wow, there's there's plenty to do. This is this is this is great. This is a lot of fun." Uh, also, this week is uh, the opening of Beauty and the Beast, which take place on Friday night. That's the opening. It is an evangelistic opportunity, people. This is this is you. You have friends who will not come to church with you, but if you'll bring them to 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 a play, do you understand that the Holy Spirit doesn't leave this place on Sunday afternoon and not come back till next Sunday? I mean, he's here. And and if you'll if you'll just if you'll get them in the building, then he'll take over. He'll he'll do something. So look at it that way. Also, I, before I get into the sermon, I just want to mention uh, Mia Tamez. We prayed for you before you left and went off. And now I understand you've graduated from uh, Navy school. Is that what this? What, what's it called? What's it actually called? Oh, really? We're proud of you. Would you stand up? We'd just like to salute you. Yeah. And we're still praying for you to serve with honor. And you know who you're serving, right? It's him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, This morning, we're going to be closing out our series about hearing from God. This is a really important series, people, and, and I'll, I'll tell you about that before we get to the end of it. But would you stand with me? And we're going to hear some testimonies this morning, but we're going we're gonna to read some scripture first. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By then your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the the power that is in your word. Most of all, I thank you for the life that's in your word. And I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be open and that we would that we would hear from you today. Lord, that we would be made deaf to the noise and that we would be quickened to the word that brings life in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Okay. The word of the Lord, dreams, sometimes uh, uh, the word of the Lord comes in dreams and, uh, and visions, as we heard last week. Uh, sometimes uh, it, it comes uh, through a prophetic word, uh, the word that went forth today. Like I said, that's for somebody. So, some, somebody here need, needed to understand that God hasn't forgotten about them because there's so much going on somewhere else. You know, just because your just because your issues, just because your problems in your life isn't the uh, the headline on the news, doesn't mean that it doesn't matter to God. 
It does matter to God. He, he's, he's concerned about you. Uh, we sometimes, uh, God will speak to us through counselors. Uh, Kevin shared about that. Uh, God will speak to us through, through the, through the Bible. <laughs> Come on. I mean, reading the Bible, that's, that's clearly the way he speaks to us. Uh, I, I shared an early service and I may have shared this before, but it impressed me so much. James Ryle, um, passed away, went to be with the Lord a couple of years ago, but ministered here at the church a few times. And some of you remember him really really sweet, strong man of God. And they moved to Nashville, I don't know, 15 years or so ago. And I remember asking him one time, I said, how did you decide on Nashville? How did you come to Nashville? Because uh, I knew he had been pastoring in Boulder, Colorado. It was out of his church that Promise Keepers started. And he, uh, he said, well, I'll tell you. So when I've got a big decision to make, what I do is I ask God what book of the Bible I should read. And I sit down and I read it very carefully, very, I take a whole day and I read it word for word and look for what he's going to say to me. And he said, we had three choices. We were, when we knew we were supposed to leave Boulder, uh, Oklahoma City, Dallas and Nashville were, were the places that we felt like were our choices. And I asked God what I should read. And he told me to read Deuteronomy. Okay. So uh, he, he, he got up one morning, sat down in front of his, uh, his picture window, looking out over the Rocky Mountains there, and he opened the book of Deuteronomy, and he began to read Deuteronomy. I mean, he said, I start with the title. I, I get, get the whole thing in there. Chapter 1, verse 4. You have tarried long enough at this mountain. Now leave this place and go to the foothills. He goes, honey, we're moving to Nashville. <laughs> God will speak to you through, through the Bible. He'll speak to you very practically through the Bible. Uh, God will speak to us through listening and discerning. And that's often the way that he speaks the most to us. Bruce shared about that early in this series. And the first sermon in the series was about, does God still speak? Well, he does. And I've invited uh, three of our, uh, of our members here to come up and, and, and share a little bit this morning about how God spoke to them and a time that God spoke to them. One of the ways that God speaks is through creation. And uh, would you welcome Wayne Berry? He's going to come and talk about it. <laughs> I want to just take a few moments and uh, share about God speaking through creation. Speaking about how God speaks through creation is part of the testimony, which I'll get to in a moment. But speaking about, about that God speaks through creation is uh, more specifically a little mini teaching grounded in the word so that, you know, I'm not making up hearing from the Holy Ghost. Um, <clears throat> In Psalm 19, Scripture says, The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the word of his hand, work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, hmm? <laughs> nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their utterance utterances to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun. 
This passage on the surface looks contradictory. It says there's no voice. It says there's no word. It implies there's no sound. But then it turns right around and says that his utterances are heard or seen, if you will. There's a, there's a way that moves through Scripture based on this Old Testament passage that verifies that there's a moving in creation through which we can hear God. And then in the New Testament, in Romans 1.20, it says, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that man, some trans- most translations, so that man or humankind is without excuse. Here again, this passage is saying he has invisible attributes, but they're clearly seen. So Paul is picking up exactly what the Old Testament said, except he's framing it under the new covenant. He's saying there's a way to be impacted or interacting with God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost through nature. So that's the teaching part. That's from Psalm 19 and from Romans 1 verse 20. The testimony part is this. On my third trip to Africa, which was 13, 13, 14 years ago, I was, um, was in the north, northeast corner of South Africa in a place high in the mountains, in a place that's called God's Window. The reason it's called that is because the elevation and the vista that take place there. Pastor mentioned in the first service after, after I had said this, he mentioned that it looked a little, it looked like a lookout mountain. It looks like lookout mountains on a lot of steroids. Oh yeah. <laughs> because the vista is just, for one thing in lookout mountain, when you look off lookout mountain, you see, um, you can see traffic and buildings and expanses of cities. Here you only see nature. There's nothing out there except what God's hand has done. So I found myself at that point, and I was musing to God. I, I, I just I didn't really frame it as a prayer. It was internal. It was a deep calling to deep. I said, uh, will I ever be here again? Because when I'm in Africa, I'm always carrying that question in my spirit. Is this my last, last time back? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me standing there. This is how it moved. I was, I was in an environment where he had my attention just because of his awe and his grandeur, his magnificence, his handiwork. He said, you'll be back uh, here. So then I did frame a prayer. I said it out loud. I said, can I bring people with me when I come? And the Holy Spirit said, you can and you will. Your future here is just beginning to open up. So that was almost a decade and a half ago. Since then, uh, Gene's, Gene's gone 10 or 11 times with me. We've carried maybe a couple of dozen people on ministry trips there. And then about four or five years ago, the Holy Ghost opened up in my son's heart ministry for Africa. So he ended up going there. He met, fell in love, and married Sista, our daughter in grace. And three weeks ago today, they birthed our grandson, Benaya Sibusiso Berry, who is this day having his first service in the house of the Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so here's the deal. In Africa, when you marry into a family, in terms of African culture, it's not just a namesake. 
it's a tribal connect. So what's happened is Gene and I have become grandparents within the tribe, not only to our grandson, but to the tribe at large. So now we have residents. I don't mean an address. We haven't, well, <laughs> we, we have internal residents in a place that the Lord spoke to me through his handiwork in nature about 13 or 14 years ago that we would somehow occupy. So the testimony of this is you can believe what you will about how he speaks, but I can testify to the fact that he does through his handiwork. Amen. <laughs> and Wayne is not the only person who's ever uh, looked at God's handiwork and decided they needed to go somewhere. Uh, 2,000 years ago, Magi looked at the sky, saw a star, said, there's, we, we need to go someplace. There's a, we need to go find, there's, there's something great has happened, and we need to go find this king that's been born. Uh, sometimes when God speaks to us, it seems extremely obvious what he is saying to us, only for us to find out that what we think is obvious is not necessarily what God thinks is obvious. Anna, would you come and explain what that means? Would you welcome Anna Urias? Good morning. I'm going to start out with some scripture. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Oh, goodness. So about 32 years ago, when I first um, came to the Lord, I had a youth pastor who just stirred in me to listen, to hear the voice of God. So every day after work, I'd run home just to hear God's voice. So one day in my prayer time, I sat and listened, and I heard him say, you're going to go to the nations. Very obvious to me at that point that I'm going to get on a plane, and I'm going to go to the nations. I'm going to go teach. I don't know when, but I know it's coming. So in this process, I begin to prepare. I start serving. I start searching the word out. I do what I know to do. Well, in that time frame, let's move forward 32 years. In between that time frame, we were able to go to mission trips. So I took those trips. I took them to serve the people that were in other nations. We went. I waited for the moment. Understand, my heart knows that God's calling me to the nations. So when we go to Jamaica, we went to Costa Rica. I waited. Is this it? Is this it? We'd come back and we continue to serve. Well, one day we were asked to be pastors in Costa Rica. I thought, this is it. Ernie and I went to Costa Rica. I thought, this is my time to minister to the nations. So excited. We started to scout out the land. I looked at the children's home. I'm like, this is it. I had plans. In my mind, I was planning what God could do. This was my answer. Only to come back and God say, you can't go. It's not, this is not it. So I wait and I begin to ask the Lord, had I done something? Am I missing something? Did I misunderstand? But inside I knew that I knew I had a word from the Lord. So we continued to serve. And about two months ago, um, I started taking classes to become a CASA advocate for children. And in that, I got my first case and I went and I met with this couple. And I sat down with the children who were from Colombia. They spoke no English. So I sat with them and I played with them. And then I sat in the living room with the foster mother. And as she's pouring her heart out to me, I'm listening, and I I can sense God moving. And I ask her, where are you from? And she says, Costa Rica. And at that point, my heart sank. 
And I knew this is what I'm supposed to do. And so when I left that day, I knew God had fulfilled his word. And the scripture says, and I won't go into that, but the scripture says that God will fulfill his promises. He'll fulfill that word. That word that he gave me 32 years ago isn't the way I thought. I thought I was going to get on a plane and go minister, teach, and leave. God had a bigger plan. He had everything planned out. His thoughts are so much bigger than mine. I could not comprehend what he was saying at the time. But right here, Sarni doesn't have to travel and get on planes. Right here, I can minister to nations for God's glory. Amen? Amen. And, you know, it's not just uh, Costa Rica and Colombia, but out, out, out at Weary with the food ministry and the outreach and everything that they're doing, people from, uh, people from Asia and, and all. Uh, yeah, uh, there's, God has brought the nations to her, as well as giving her a husband who hates to travel. So, I mean, you know, the whole thing, God's, God's ways are higher than ours and his thoughts are, are higher than ours. Now, sometimes God does extremely practical words that come to us. Cause you may go, I'm never going to go to Africa. I don't, I don't want to go to the nations. You know, I, uh, that, well, maybe you need to have your toilet fixed. Wade, would you come and share? Uh, would you welcome Wade Hutchison? Thank you. Let me grab this to put my notes on. So, uh, I'm going to share a testimony about God speaking a word of knowledge in my life, a real practical one at a time that I had a need, and uh, that's what I'm going to share about today. I've heard God speak a lot of times in my life. I'd like to say that every time I listen well and I recognize His voice immediately, but that really wouldn't be true. Sometimes the way that He's spoken, it's just been almost a whisper, or other times He's just dropped a thought in my mind. And other times he's spoken real clear and distinct. Today I'm going to share with you a time that God spoke to me in a real practical way with a word of knowledge. It came as an answer to prayer in a time when I really needed some help. This happened when I was a single parent uh, with two kids. I was living in Smyrna. I'd only been here about three or four months back in the late 80s. We had a really bad winter storm. And during this storm, the power was out at my folks' house for, I know, for over a week and the pipes at our house froze. The, you know, we didn't have water for a while. And when it came back on, we, 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 or we, when it thawed out, we knew it thawed out because we had this fine little cascade of water coming down the chandelier in our dining area, right off the kitchen. And this dining room was, was oriented underneath the uh, bathroom above and the upstairs. One of the interesting things about the way this was set up is that uh, this bathroom had three plumbing fixtures. One of them was on the outside wall, and that was a toilet like this one. Next to it on that same outside wall was a shower tub unit. And then on the the opposite wall near the hallway area was a a vanity. But the most interesting thing about that is none of those plumbing fixtures were situated over the chandelier area where this light fixture was where the water was cascading down. So it's a head scratcher. You're going, what do I do? When you look up, there's no visible signs of any water anywhere else in the drywall or any of the walls in the bathroom above or the floor or anywhere. So I'm just scratching my head. And really, you know, to make things kind of worse, by this time it was after Christmas, and I'm sort of looking ahead to New Year's. Well, why was that important? 
Well, New Year's Eve was coming, and I had invited the whole church over for a New Year's Eve party at my house. Now, it never occurred to me to cancel that. Um, of course not. <laughs> I'm glad, but because uh, I probably wouldn't be here sharing this if, if that was kind of the way I rolled. But uh, anyway, I'm in, I'm in a, a situation, and I'm just asking God. I said, well, you know, if I tear this, this ceiling out, that's going to be a mess. If I tear that floor up, that's going to be a mess. I don't really know, you know, if the, that's going to take care of finding the problem. And so I just started praying. The kids were gone. Um, it was one morning. Everything's turned off because I'd shut the water off when the leak manifested itself. And I'm asking God for wisdom. And I'm just praying specifically for him to give me a word of knowledge. Because I I thought if I tore up the ceiling, I may not get there. If I tear up the floor, I may not get there. I couldn't figure out where it could be coming from to show where it was. And God just dropped into my mind. He just said, take the tank off of the back of the toilet, cut a square hole in the wall. Now, I kind of balked at that at first, but... He just said, hey, you can do that, and you won't have to tear anything up, and you can put that tank back on, and that hole's not even going to show. So I did. Took the tank off, cut the water off, took the tank off, opened up the wall, reached my hand down. As my hand went down, it went out through the outside wall. And I'm going, whoa, what's this about? And it went straight down to a metal copper pipe, and I put my hand on it. There was a split in the back of that pipe right there. Next slide, if you would. Well, the interesting thing about the way my house was built, the dining room stuck out a couple feet. And so in the back wall of that white house, beyond that little shed area, you see a little roof feature coming out there. The window right above it was the window right above this toilet. And so what they had done to kind of save some time, I guess, or make it easier instead of drilling holes through the studs to run that copper pipe over to the toilet, they went outside the wall in that little roof chase and went there with the pipe. It wasn't insulated. And then they went back into the toilet. And so when that, when the uh, pipe froze and thawed and burst the line, it let water seep there, run over in the floor where it came out over in the middle of the dining room in an area where there didn't appear to be any plumbing, and there really indeed wasn't. But God knew that. And so very practically, with this word of knowledge, he told me right where to go. I was able to open that up, and with the square hole I had cut, I had enough room to cut the pipe, solder in a new pipe, a fitting, and then uh, repair it, put some insulation on the pipe, close the wall back up, drywall there. I could put the tank back in place, and I didn't even have to paint the wall because that tank sat right up against the wall. You couldn't even (laughs) tell the cut was behind the tank. And so water was on. The toilets were working in time for New Year's Eve, and indeed we had a house full. Uh, But God's good. He, He, You know, he answers us. When we call, he gives practical help. He's everything we have need of. He's our source. So I encourage you to go to him. Thank you. God, God can do very, very practical things. Over in, uh, over in Genesis, uh, there was a gal named Hagar, and she and her son Ishmael uh, had, been, had been kicked out of their home. And they were in the wilderness, and, they, and they'd run out of water, and they were about to die of thirst. And, and the Scripture says she called out to the Lord, and Genesis 21, 19 says God opened her eyes. She saw a well of water there, and you kind of go, well, why didn't she see the well before? Do, do you know sometimes it's right there, and we don't see it till God takes the blinders off, and we're able to, we're able to see what's, what's going on there? Uh, what can you want? in this world that could be more precious to you than a word from God. I mean, really, 
What does a word from God do? We, we, we read it earlier. One of the things that it does is it, it refreshes the soul. We live in such a soul-weary society and culture that it seems normal. It seems normal to be oppressed. It seems normal to be depressed. It, se- it seems normal to, to just kind of go, oh, it's Monday, you know, or whatever day it happens to be. You know, maybe a little light comes on if, it, if, if, if the weekend is coming or something like that. When, when a word from God comes, with it comes fresh vision, with it, with it comes fresh purpose, with it comes refreshing. Life becomes enjoyable again. When you hear something from God, it, it's like, a, Jesus said, it's like a well of living water springing up inside of us and overflowing. Not, not only does it refresh the soul, but a word of God can, can bring wisdom. In fact, it makes wise, makes wise the simple. Listen, if you, if you, don't, get, if you don't get anything else, get, get this out, out of today. Intelligence and wisdom are two different things. In fact, intelligence can sometimes get in the way of wisdom because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And, and just, because, just because we're not intelligent or, some, or somebody, you know, we didn't make the best grades or, or something like that. Uh, you know, I heard some of the kids in, uh, kids, I keep calling them kids, they're young adults. On Tuesday night in our young adult group, uh, uh, talking about what their grade point average was in college. And I just got to say that their grade points uh, blew mine away. Uh, but intelligence isn't all there is to it, people. Uh, God, God, can, God gives wisdom to the simple. Because, and, and even if somebody is intelligent, I mean, I consider Wade to be a pretty intelligent guy, but you have to get kind of simple to go, God, will you show me where this leak is? I mean, he's an engineer. En- engineers should be able to figure out ways to find leaks <laughs> other than going, God, will you tell me a word of knowledge? And yet... You know, if we'll humble ourselves and let him speak to us and God brings a word, he, he, can, he can enlighten us with wisdom in, in amazing ways. And uh, in fact, it says over 1 Corinthians one twenty-five, the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. The weakness of God is, is stronger than human strength. And the verse that Anna was re- referring to, she, she read it in early service. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Back in January when Isaac was here, uh, my Isaac, and we, were, we, were, we had the little interview on stage and he was talking about um, getting into the, the donut business. Yeah, if those of you who were here... Remember what happened? I mean, he was an accountant for crying out loud, uh, an accountant, and he wanted a new job. What do accountants do when they want a new job? They make resumes and they, and they figure out companies that they want to send them to. And that's exactly what he did until his wife came in and brought, brought a word of counsel from the counselor and said, uh, what did God say? And he goes off and he prays and he hears God say, you can bake. He'll make wise the simple. 
Now, he's got all this training and all this knowledge, but God gives him some wisdom when he asks for it. And not only that, when you get a word from God, it brings joy to the heart. When is the last time your heart felt real joy? Seriously. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, and how he healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how he picked me up, turned me around, Place my feet on solid ground. Yeah, makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. I mean, really, come on. This is better than sports talk radio. This will bring joy to your heart. When you hear, when you get a word from God, there's, there's a certainty that bubbles up in there. There's a joy. You, be, you know where to stand in a, in a place of grace. That's a good place. It brings light to the eyes. You know, faith, faith's a great thing. Faith can take can sustain you and take you through some dark places. Well, when the word of God comes, the places aren't dark anymore. The light opens up. The word word of the Lord is pure. Scripture says it's like silver refined in the furnace of fire, purified seven times. The the, the word of the Lord is firm. It doesn't change. It's not arbitrary. You know, some people can... Do you know some people... Sometimes tell you they're going to do something and then they don't do it. Go figure. You know, sometimes people, sometimes people let you down. The word of God will never let you down. When when you have a word from God, you got something to hold on to. It's righteous. You don't have to worry. Is it, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Is this a right thing? Is this a wrong thing? It's righteous. It's right and it endures. It endures it. It, it, is, it is more precious than gold. It's, it's sweeter than honey. Okay, listen. We're, this, is, this is the end of this series, but hopefully it's the beginning of something in your life. This year uh, at this church, there's been, you know, a lot of transition. And we knew it was coming. We, we started out with a series on transition. The first six weeks we taught about transition. And we've and, and, you know, we've been talking about it, and it's been a challenging year in a lot of ways. Okay, that's, that, that happens in life sometimes. Challenge, nobody ever said it was going to be easy all the time. In fact, it's not supposed to be. But uh, I probably entered this year with more optimism and more excitement than any year that I've entered into for a couple of decades, just, just to be very honest, because I, I really felt like, I really feel like that on the other side of the transition, on the other side of people working through things in their life, there's going to be something really strong and really, and really sweet and really powerful. And some of you are already there. 
Others of you are, are still kind of struggling through the transition part, and, and, and some of you have just gotten on the other side. Here's what, here's what you, here's what you want. Here's what you need is a word from God. Every, everybody in this fellowship needs a word from God and, and a regular word. I mean, you need a, you need a sustaining word each day, but some of you need a, a, a some of you, some of you are so stuck where you are in your life. Stuck spiritually, stuck physically, stuck, stuck emotionally, stuck in, uh, in bad relations, uh, ships, broken things, uh, stuck in, 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 in anger and frustration and unforgiveness, stuck, just stuck. God has a word for you. It might come through a counselor. It might come through a dream. It might come through a vision. It might come through Deuteronomy. God has a word for you. And it's more than likely going to come through a still small voice. Spoken in your heart. Faith is a great thing. uh, Justin was talking about how God moves. Sometimes he'll move in response to our need. Often he'll move in response to our faith. He will always move in response to our obedience. Hear it. Own it. Receive it. Walk in obedience to it. And it gets sweeter than a honeycomb. More precious than gold. Something that will endure and never fade away. And your life will never be the same. Would you stand with me? With those who are going to pray with people, come forward. And if you're here, you need prayer uh, for something, by all means, come. But in particular, if you need prayer, because you need to hear something. Because you need to hear something. Maybe you didn't even know that's what the problem was. You know, maybe you didn't even know, but maybe the Holy Spirit has quickened something today and you've gone, that's, that's, I need a word. I need to hear something from God. Well, how about coming and asking for it? So, well, I can get it here. Yeah, you can get it there. But how about coming and asking for it? Because you're lot. The devil may steal that knowledge from you before you get out of the building. The knowledge that you need a word. If you don't, uh, if you don't need to come, worship with us. Worship with us for a few minutes.